episode 248. How to be a gladiator in the arena of life. Welcome. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, former teacher and athlete, now turned lifestyle entrepreneur, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and host of the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Every week, I start it off with me, myself, and I, and my thoughts on the week. Get to the podcast. I'm getting to it, Adam. As usual, please do head over to ayalpha.com to connect with the show, connect with me, and really get all the exclusive stuff and what it's all about. The easiest and most interactive way is men, please do head over to my completely free men's mastermind on Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, have some interaction, and basically connect with like-minded individuals. And that's what it's really all about. Please do share, review, like. Um, if, you ha- if you have been listening to this for a while and you haven't managed to get a chance to review it, please do, it makes a huge difference. So I'd really appreciate that. And reach out to me, connect. I'd love to hear your story and what you're up to and what you're doing to make a difference and a change in yourself and in the world. Enjoy this week, speak to you soon, and I look forward to sharing this week's guest. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, live limitless. Okay, we've got a great one for you today. We've definitely got an alpha lady. Caroline Pearson, she's a TV presenter, heavily involved with the UFC. Um, she's a former TV gladiator, international athlete, which is where our paths kind of crossed uh, quite a way back. Um, so we're just going to get into the show today and it will all come out. But firstly, Caroline, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? <laughs> I am indeed, Adam. <laughs> awesome. So uh, it was a, quite a brief intro. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight what you're all about at the moment? I mean, no, you, you've got it spot on. I'm heavily involved in the, the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. I work as a sports reporter for BT Sport, British Network, as their US correspondent. So that's a, a big part of what I do. Um, and then heavily involved in the fitness industry. There's several brands that I create content for education. I sort of have my sports science and physiology qualifications. So, um, so I teach trainers, sort of master training role. Companies like Powerplate and Pro Skins, sort of a scientific legging that I take to Australia. And Packed lifestyle, really. Very nice. And we're going to talk about your sort of your alpha origins. Um, we, we met, we were on the same, not even the same university, same degree course um, yeah. back at Loughborough. I really know your story, well, from the degree, and then yeah. obviously you as an international heptathlete, and we were, I did pole vault. And then obviously after university, you went on to become ice, the gladiator, <laughs> which is very cool. I was a big gladiator fan massively. I, yeah. I almost got on it just, I think. Yeah, just before they quit it when I was like 18 years old, I was like the last round. Oh, the original series. Yes. You know, I was a huge fan of the original series. Oh, and it. it was literally Saturday nights with Blind Date, Gladiators, Baywatch. You know, they yeah. were the programs you watched. <laughs> but the funny, the funny story is actually when they decided, or Sky One in the UK decided to revamp Gladiators and bring it back, it was a colleague of mine at Powerplate who said to me, you should go on the show as in as a contestant. Yeah. And, um, I thought to myself, I don't want to be a contestant. I want yeah. to be a gladiator. Uh, so <laughs> before I knew it, he'd, he'd called up, he'd got me an audition, and the rest was history. I became oh. ice. The thing what I couldn't believe at the time, obviously, like, oh, I was, you know, she was on my course. Then there was um, Jenny Pacey as well. There was yeah. like two, two from our, yeah. like, literally our athletic team were gladiators. Yeah. So well, how did that, did, did you then say, oh, I've got my friend or vice versa? No, no, we didn't even know each other. So Jenny Pacey and I were really good friends. We were training partners <laughs> all throughout university and athletics in the heptathlon. And we didn't say a word to each other because she actually went through the contestant route. She 
applied as a contestant and then got brought across as a gladiator. So we didn't even see each other during the trials because I did the gladiator trials. And it wasn't until we turned up day one of filming that we saw each other and just gave each other this knowing nod and to say, of course you're here. <laughs> we kind of do everything together. But I, it was good to share the experience with her because it was tough. Gladiators, you're kind of put whether you, well, not whether you like it or not, you are the top. Everyone's hungry to come and basically knock you down. The thing is, we had no extra training on the events than the contenders or contestants did. So we're meant to be these superior beings, but in fact, we had probably less time training than they did. You know, it's like we need to yeah. get in, we need to practice the rings, practice the wall. They're like, oh no, the contestants are practicing. So, um, but you have an advantage when you're chasing rather than yes. being chased. Yes. But yeah. um, <laughs> you know what though? I was so much the athlete when I was doing that. I just wanted to win. that I don't think I played the TV game enough. And that's something I've learned since the more I've done within television is that I just wanted to be first up the wall, you know, as fit <laughs> and strong as I could be. Yeah. But it was about being a character. And, and I think the gladiators that maybe came off the best were the ones that really played up their character. Yeah. Um, and they'd have to force me to do mine because they said I was cold and steely and my name was Ice. And I'd smile at the contestants and say, great job. And they'd go, cut, give us some kind of, you know, um, trash talk. Some evil go, look, yeah. Okay. Well, I always uh, never, but it was fun. Yeah, the original Gladiators, I, my favourite, again, for men was, I think, was it Cobra? And again, he was a guy yeah. who messed around. He was a funny guy. And then... Yeah. Jet, well, I think Jet for <laughs> lots of guys. For obvious reasons. She, she, was, she had a character as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that was very, very cool. And again, I'm going to be disciplined here because I could literally speak the whole interview about Gladiators. <laughs> the original and this. So what did you want to be growing up? Where are you originally from? And then obviously a, a little bit of where you're speaking to me from today. Um, and yeah. yeah, that bit. Well, I grew up in Huntingdon in Cambridgeshire and then, like yourself, went to university, Loughborough University, um, where I stayed beyond my course. I was competing full-time as an athlete, so I trained to train full-time as an athlete, did my master's degree, really, to stay on, you know, longer mm -hmm. as a professional yeah, athlete. Yeah, some athletes, yeah. And, so, yeah, yeah, and just sort of study and, and perfect my trade, that kind of thing. Um, and then spent, you know, several years in London, but I was traveling more and more um, out to the States, whether it was for filming infomercials or... Um, anything, whether it's filming infomercials or, or anything like that. And then found myself coming to LA a lot. And I'm speaking to you from LA. I made the move out here a year ago in February. Um, and yeah, primarily because because I host and, and work for the UFC. Well, I, I, I report for BT Sport yeah. on the UFC as well as Fox Sports out here and got given a contract with Fox Sports. BT Sports said, if you're in the US, you can cover more of the events for us. And several of the fitness brands I work for as well. So there's far more opportunities in California. So along with the sunshine and the beaches and all that kind of yeah. thing. It, um, yeah, watching your career as well from afar, whether you were based in the UK or US, like say, they were sending you around all these places anyway. Good job in Australia, I'd come out to the States. I was you know, heading out to the Middle East for a long time as well with Powerplate to Dubai. And I just, I just had this sense that I, I didn't, not that I didn't belong in the UK, but... Um, that America kind of had a calling on me and it's one of those things, everything yeah. came together at the right time. Um, it wasn't the right time originally. Do you know, um, what I love about America is the, the positivity. So I think in the UK, we have a very much a sense of why things won't work or it's a little bit pie in the sky if you've got ideas and ambitions. And I've always been very sort of, very much a, a believer and, and positivity and all that kind of thing. So I just like the way Americans, and especially in LA, it's, you believe anything is possible. <laughs> and even if a lot of it's just, you know, doesn't come to anything, yeah. at least there's that belief and energy. And I, I just really thrive being surrounded by that energy. And yeah. LA is a, it's a strange place. I mean, on a daily basis, something happens that 
is quite surreal or, or doesn't quite feel, um, you know, like real yeah. life. And it took me a while to feel like, no, this is my life and yeah. I am kind of living it out here. That's um, no, very cool. And, yeah, yeah I agree with you in terms of the, the sort of what I, my view of Americans as well. And, and if people say, oh, you know, I don't think you can be too positive. So, and, it, and if you're going yeah. to get it wrong one way or the other, I prefer if someone's too, you know, too optimistic and too positive yeah. as opposed to the other yeah. way. So, you know, I completely uh, know what you're but talking But you have a hard time as a Brit because you go into every meeting here coming out thinking, wow, that's amazing. This job's going to happen or this opportunity's <laughs> going to happen. And then nothing, you know, Californians <laughs> don't like to say no or to, to sound negative, completely different to New Yorkers, you know, that are very straight talking and, and much more similar to London. Yes. Here, everyone will say wonderful things and then they just disappear <laughs> and nothing will happen. So you just, you just have to be quite good at, you know, following up, letting things go and, you know, just, just looking at the next opportunity. But, but things fell into place for me and, and all the work was here and it's now just a case of building on that and, and sort of picking up on new opportunities. Yeah. When did you feel like, because there's several points where you probably felt like, this is it. And then obviously it's, it, you've completely evolved over the years. Was there a moment, it could have been early on or even could be very recently where you think, like we call it our you know, awakening moment or you could have several where you thought, this is it. I know what I need to do. This is my path. You know, I'm going to run with this, whether it was in fitness because obviously that's still a big part yeah. regardless of what you're doing or sport. Was, can you think of any moments like that? Um, I think I've, I've always kind of been the heptathlete of my business life as well as my, my sporting life. So I was a heptathlete in sport, which is the seven track and field events. So I enjoyed a real variety of events and training and et cetera. And I think I've been like that for my business life. You know, I, I like to keep a lot of balls in the air and, you know, whether like you say it's fitness or the TV presenting, but it was when BT Sport launched as a channel about three years ago in, in the UK. And they really, you know, they were there to rival Sky Sports and make mm -hmm. their mark. And they offered me this job reporting or at the time um, presenting a magazine show called UFC Beyond the Octagon. It would be a weekly live show. And it was just a huge opportunity for me. You know, I'd, I'd done stuff for Channel 5. I'd done other sports and, and other presenting. You did the Strongman. We haven't mentioned that. I used yeah, to, yeah. I love watching the Strongman, like, usually once a year around, I think, New Year. Yeah. Or, yeah but I oh, love it's a Christmas favourite, yeah, Strongman. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, that was for Channel 5, World's yeah. Strongest Man, in association with IMG. And, yeah, I love doing that. And I've done some stuff with the British Superbikes, a lot of stuff for Eurosport. But it was when BT Sport launched and gave me this opportunity. It really sort of... I thought to myself, right, now I'm, I'm in now with a regular sports presenting role with a big network, you know, big opportunities ahead, you know, learning on the go, everything from talk back to the auto cue reading to live studio setup, chatting to guests, all the, the technicality yeah. of going to a, a studio show that people don't realise compared to when you're sort of out and about in the field reporting. And it was that role that a sport I knew nothing about. You know, when, the, when I first got given the job with the UFC, I could name two fighters. Anderson Silver and George St. Pierre. That was it. That was absolutely it. But um, you say yes and you learn, you know, and, and that's what I did. I just completely submerged myself in the sport. At the point when people in the UK were saying, oh, UFC, I've kind of heard of it. And mm. now it's huge. Yeah. Now it's blown up. Everybody knows about it. It's, it's got me out to the States because Fox Sports spotted me. UFC yeah. Fight Pass spotted me. I wanted to do work with them. And, yeah, and then you've the interviewed all the big names, haven't you? I can't imagine. Yeah, Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey. You know, I've been out in Australia sitting down interviewing Ronda Rousey. I've had several interviews, one-on-ones, walk-on-talks with Conor McGregor. Misha <laughs> Tate, another you know former bantamweight champion yeah. you know, on the female side. And I just had so much respect for them as athletes. The discipline. Yes, it's a... You know, it's, I don't know how to describe it. Even if you're not into the sport, it's quite an exhibition to go to a UFC fight and event. Yeah. It's quite a, a lot of entertainment. But these guys, you know, they're very knowledgeable and hardworking and disciplined. It's martial arts at the end of the day. And um, yeah, I fell in love with the sport and 
and, and met some great people. The, the male-female thing, and this is Awaken Your Alpha, so it's quite relevant. Yeah. In terms of, you know, across most sports, there's a massive difference either in pay or standing. From in England, you know, track and field is probably the only yeah. one of the major sports where I think where it's kind of seen on a level yeah. pegging. And then yeah. UFC, you know, for, for a long time, Ronda Rousey was easily probably the biggest name. Well, she was the highest earning athlete in the UFC, yes. not women, yeah. woman, but athlete until Conor McGregor sort of, yeah. <laughs> sort of took over. And obviously Ronda's lost her two her last two fights. But um, yeah, Ronda Rousey was a superstar. And she's the only reason women are actually in the UFC. Dana White, the president, yeah, said that. women will never fight in the UFC. And then he watched Ronda Rousey and I think it was in Strike Force. And he decided that this, this woman would start off, you know, the, the women's division yeah. in UFC. And they now have a bantamweight, uh, um, strawweight, and now a featherweight division yeah. for and women. That's, that's um, huge. And I the mean, women's yeah. names are as big as the men. Yeah. And that, I mean, but that's, like you said, that was really recently where to, to have that kind of turnaround where it's literally, it's almost like the old school golf clubs that's, I know, you know, no women allowed, but to say like UFC, yeah. to say publicly, they will never yeah. compete. And then to turn around like that quick. Well, it's turned around in a big way because I know a lot of the male fighters start off by saying they didn't really want to watch women fight in the UFC. It wasn't their bag. Yeah. But now, you know, if I talk to them personally, a lot of them say, actually, we find the female fights much more exciting. It's almost like it's more personal. Mm. For some reason, between the women, the fights, <laughs> this is what the guys say, the fights are somehow more personal and the the matchmakers as well the guy called sean shelby who's the matchmaker for, for the ufc for the women he said you know the women are a completely different breed they know exactly what they want whereas he calls the guys and offers them fights the women are on the phone to him all the time they know what they want they know how much they want to get for it you know they know exactly where they want to fight and um and i think the women are taking that platform they have in the ufc to showcase themselves and yeah. someone like ronda rousey who Yes, she's lost her last two fights and a lot of people are saying she, she might retire or she, she should retire. She's been a pioneer for women mm. beyond the UFC, for women in sport. She even had Beyonce repeating some of her, her sayings during one of her, the opening of one of her concerts when, concerts when um, Ronda Rousey said, don't be a do-nothing bitch. There was really t-shirts <laughs> I made. I don't know if you that. remember the saying, you know, don't be a do-nothing bitch. So it's yeah. saying, like, go out there and, you know, and be a woman that fights for you want, what you want to do, whether it's literally or... Yeah, don't be famous for being famous. Yeah. And I, I think that with the women as well, they're, they're, they're great technicians. And, and we've also, you know, we're, we're both from obviously the UK. There's a, a, a big surge in European success oh, the, in the, UFC the, now the as Polish well. Women, I, I was watching the Polish women. Well, the Polish. Joanna Yen Jedrick's a strawweight champion. Then you've got a Dutch woman called Jermaine Duramedy that's the new women's featherweight champion. You've got Conor McGregor, obviously. Favourite male fighter, favourite um, female fighter. And it could be nothing to do with their ranking or how good they mm. are. Or just you might have how they've been in an interview. You know what? And, and it's an obvious one, but I, I would say Conor McGregor for several reasons. He's, you know, he's pioneering, he's breaking boundaries, but also... When I interview Conor McGregor, he's, he, he's probably one of the very few people I interview that addresses me by my name. They all know me, you know, and he knows me a bit. He's very, he's very personable. So he'll say, Caroline, we've talked about this before. Car Caroline, remember what I told you? <laughs> and it just makes you feel like you're part of, you know, yeah. you, you matter. You're not just another person talking to him. And he'll always finish our interview saying, I really enjoyed that. Great job. You know, nice. so he, it's a very you. satisfying interview um and on the female front she's she's just retired but misha tate as well um she's an analyst now for fox and okay. obviously held the women's bantamweight championship for yeah, a while after nice. after sort of ronda rousey and holly home but um she's just a very very well spoken she thinks about what she says nice girl we're gonna kind of do a little alpha round so this is our yoda question who helped <laughs> awaken your alpha so it could be several key people it's, it's been 
often along the way, so very much when I was younger and, and aspiring to be an Olympic athlete, um, Denise Lewis was a big ah, inspiration awesome. to me because yeah. obviously she was Olympic champion. She was this beautiful, strong, athletic woman. I, I started training under her coach as well as part of the, the international team. Um, so I, I liked what she was about. You know, she was yeah. somebody I wanted to emulate and, and compete with. And it's, it's quite nice now. I've had a chance to interview her at you know, various events and, and cool. meet her. So, so she was one of them. Um, and then as I was sort of progressing in the fitness world with what I wanted to do, I was playing quite... Oh, look, looking quite closely at Gillian Michaels, um, okay, yeah. again, fitness guru, trainer on The Biggest Loser, just in terms of her brand and what, and what she'd done as, as a woman in fitness. And, and I had the pleasure of, of meeting and leading a, a class with her out in Sydney, Australia on one of my trips. So oh, it's nice when you get to meet the people that you've, you've sort of looked at and yeah. wanted to emulate. And, and then moving into my presenting career, you, again, you watch closely the people doing what you want to do, Claire Boarding, you know, I, yeah. she was one of the BT Sport presenters as well. She had her own show, the Claire Boarding show there. And just reading her books and watching her and having a chance to speak to her and just knowing that for her, it's just about, she's so knowledgeable about yeah. every sport and she's so, again, personable and, and natural. So it was just really nice to kind of watch her at work. I'd say my absolute girl crush and overall as a woman though would be Charlize Theron the, oh, the actress yeah. and yeah. nothing to do with what I do in my life you know my career but I've met her at a couple of premieres and um just see her as a very assured strong driven yeah beautiful woman and you know when you think about how you want to be perceived when you walk in a room when you want people to turn around and you know and take notice like for some reason she's someone that, that comes to mind for me so it's been an evolving process of, of role models and people awesome. I admire. is she she's south african Charlie yes yeah when i when i was a gladiator we went to the premiere of i think it was, was it hancock with will smith and charlie theron I think, and like i met him and thought you know it's how i thought it would be he's great <laughs> but she she just had this presence about her a quote that you really like to live your life by i screenshot quotes like anything i love a quote <laughs> very much at the moment it's about trying to live in the moment a little bit more and anything that relates to that because I've spent so much of my life, like even when I get to it, to do the things that I've been dreaming of doing, it's like, what's next? Always this sense of I'm never quite satisfied. Now in my thirties, I'm definitely better at being in the moment or being connected to that. So, so any, any sort of quote around kind of centering yourself. What's one of your, your favorite books of all time? I recently read um, Oprah Winfrey's What I Know For Sure. Okay. And um, that's a, that was a very, very good book. It, it's sort of a bit of her story with her, knowledge and wisdom you know from the people she's met and the journey she's been on that um was very inspiring to me and, and i've just read another book um called how to be badass <laughs> which is uh, another good one the one that had the most impact on me and i'm sure so many people have read it is the secret it almost makes you scared to think negative things i like to use the secret for car parking spaces when i was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Works. It's actually funny. I, I've been doing it with regard to jet lag because I've just got back from London. I'm always traveling and I had no jet lag when I got to London. I've had no jet lag when I, I've, I've come back because I said to myself, I won't have jet lag. I'm not, I'm not susceptible to jet lag. I'm absolutely fine. I'm going to go to bed when I should and I'll wake up when I should. And somehow I have. So, um, you know, who knows? <laughs> awesome. Your top tips for really the presenting side because obviously that's what you're all about now. Yeah. What, how do you think you've managed to transition well on the surface smoothly and we can talk yeah. about potential values and things why do you think yeah. obviously you've managed to get to where you've got in terms of the presenting and what do you think um helped you there or like any tools yeah. courses or tips um i think you know i got a taste for television during 
gladiators, but that was very much being a character. Mm -hmm. And my two passions of sport and, and television, I, I thought, you know, sports presenter, that's something I'd like to do. Yeah. And it was, I think because I've been an athlete, I can talk to athletes, I can gain respect from them, especially when I entered the UFC world where it's very male dominated yeah. and, you know, the fans especially are brutal. You know, I did get heavily criticized at the beginning because I didn't know the content as well yeah. as somebody that had been following the sport for 20 years or so. Yeah, having, having been an athlete, I think the fighters respect me and know I've been there and done it. Step out of the arena you've been performing in. I can relate to them and I think that's definitely helped me. Um, you know, just doing stuff online, digital, I'd, I'd just go out with a camera to events, a rugby expo mm. or strongman events and, and just practice talking and interviewing people. Um, and, and I think one of the, the sort of best thing, bits of advice I've had as well is when you're the reporter or the interviewer, it's not about you. So research hard, you know, know your subject. I, I could tell you what these guys ate for breakfast. I'm stalking <laughs> them to that degree when it comes to their fight week or whatever. You know, you yeah, just, I've done you my just job. know your stuff. I knew where you lived at university. <laughs> yeah. Mates, I go. <laughs> you do. It's funny. You do when you, you when you need to know about that person because it's nice. But then you don't. But then you want to answer your questions without giving them their answer, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, for example, when you um, when you interview somebody, I've I've heard some interviews where they they almost tell that person everything about themselves, then ask a question that doesn't allow them to expand or say a lot. So yeah. you really need to put that person on the stage and be informed enough to ask informed questions. It's a learning thing. And, and the other thing that a lot of people, they ask their questions and they've got a lot of questions they want to get through, but they don't always listen to the answer. Have your structure. And quite often in television, we're very much sticking to a certain period of time. So you want to move it along to cover all the areas that you want to cover. But it's, it, it's just, it's just making that person feel comfortable. They're really structuring their questions. Like you say, instead of listening to the answer, which could be, you know, gold and off down yeah. like a real opportunity to go in there, they're thinking, yeah. well, what's the next question? And kind of yeah. just, think I've got this many questions to fit in. Um, yeah. So yeah, squeezing it in. It's very, it's very easy to do. And I think for anyone when you're starting out and presenting as well, that the most important thing is to, to get a showreel together. You know, get a video together of, that shows you doing what you want to do. You can't go into a sports broadcasting center and say, I want to present sport, here's my CV, I'm very knowledgeable. You've got to say, here is me presenting sport, mm. here's, here's me talking to athletes, so they can already see what you can deliver. I think that's yeah. something that helped me. You've just got to, like, it might seem that seamlessly I suddenly ended up sports reporting, but that was a lot of work, just, I don't know, just bombarding producers and directors, making sure you've got a good agent that can represent you. And then I just put together my own online series, and, you know, I got athletes that I wanted to interview, I got edited, and anyone can practice and put content online at any time to show what they can do and it's getting more and more competitive so you, you've just got to keep reminding these people of you if someone just looks at your kind of like your cv they could think oh it's like heptathlon gladiators mm -hmm. it could look very shiny but what was the toughest moments in this career or like one of your what you'd class as your biggest failures i remember i'd only been in the job a couple of months doing a weekly magazine show for the ufc and then the event one of our first sort of UK events was in Manchester. So we decided to put a, a desk, if you like, or live report um, on, on the Manchester event. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, the fans are used to just hearing the likes of Joe Rogan and all the American, just world feed, which means they just get the American feed. We decided to put a desk, you know, in the studio and cut away from the fights to the desk um, between fights, etc. So I'm hosting that desk. They asked me yeah. to do that job. I was very excited about it. But what people don't know is that 
technical things go wrong. <laughs> so during that event, the world feed would go down, which means we had periods of time where we had no footage. It had gone down, there was nothing. Okay. So it just pans to me in the studio and I have to talk. And you basically just have to talk rubbish for as long as you can until the feed comes back. So it's myself and, and one other gentleman who was one of the experts. And um, we hadn't worked together before. We didn't really have much of a rapport or, or, or knowledge of each other. And I just didn't have the knowledge of the sport and these fighters to, to talk about them in that way. So I had to resort to talk about their training and things that I did know about. Yeah. Um, but it was tough because I got heavy, not by my, you know, my team knew what happened and yeah. were very praised, you know, praised me that I held it together, but the fans didn't like it. Cause suddenly they're thinking, why are we listening to some Blomberg talk about their training? We want to be seeing the fights or the walkouts or yeah. listening to the U S commentators. So that was tough because I got a lot of criticism for that when people don't realize what's going on behind the scenes yeah. um, as opposed to what they see. You're, you're the face of it and you take the brunt of anything that goes wrong. So that was tough. But when we did a similar thing at the London event six months later, I knew so much about the sport by that, that point. I, I wasn't phased yeah. by anything. You know, if anything happened, I could talk about it. So that was tough. I felt like I was very much thrown in at the deep end yeah. without necessarily the TV experience or the, the um, UFC knowledge to, to do it. But, you know, it's, it's all a, a kind of learning <laughs> experience. Um, as is the fact, uh, a week before we went live with our first magazine show, I didn't know it was going to be live. They said the show's now going to be a live show. So that was very interesting. You know. <laughs> but, but it's the best way. I don't think there's yep. any course you can do that can teach you how to survive those experiences. You just have to do it. Um, yeah. Was there ever a time in, in terms of hardship and getting there, like you say, you have to be mm -hmm. relentless. So was there ever a time when you thought, I don't know if you doubted yourself in terms of this ain't going to be the path, but like you're going to do something else or maybe not chase almost like not chase your dreams um, or what you're capable of. And you've done, you know what the, yeah, that yeah, the hard part of, about it is you're, you, you are replaceable at any point. So for example, it's not like, you know, you're, you're doing a good job in, in any other job and there's no reason for you to be removed in, in this line of work. It could purely be, we want to freshen up the show. We're going to get a new face in. You're doing a great job. You're amazing. People love you, but you know, we're going to try someone else. And there's nothing you can do about it. So you're very yeah. much aware that you can be disposed of. And obviously the idea is to make yourself as indisposable as possible, They're being good at your job. But it could just be a new producer comes in and, and has a friend who they think want, they want to host it. You know, it's, yeah. you're very much subject to, to that. Um, and also it's, for example, trying to work with the BBC and channels like that. There's, there are people in those roles that are locked into those jobs and you can't just suddenly take their job. You know, yeah. it's hard to make an inroads to the big networks. So, so it's, it's a tough industry. It's cutthroat and you've got to, you very much got to have a hard skin mm -hmm. for that reason. And because of the fans, you know, when it comes to sport, if it's a TV program, you don't like the actors or the presenters, you just tune out, you know, you don't watch it, but when it's sport, people want to watch their sport. So if they don't like the person presenting it, they're just going to tear you down. So <laughs> you do have to have a thick skin when it comes to this. I was just going to say, almost, what does like awaken your alpha mean to you, if anything? And it almost seems like you said thick skin there and just sort of... Do you know, what? I'm, I'm very much an alpha woman in the sense that I'm incredibly ambitious and driven and I don't recognize the word no. And, you know, I'll, I'll just keep, keep going for things. So for me, an, an alpha woman is a leader and, and somebody that, that fights for the, what they want and what they believe in. And I feel like I'm always fighting for the next opportunity and move and career path and whatever and and it's just having and being a, yeah being a leader as well wanting to advise and help other people on, on the same journey but I just have when it comes to my career and money and things like that I just have unwavering belief that I can do it 
you know, there might be other areas of my life where I don't share the same or have the same beliefs. But in, in terms of, of career, I've, I've never been a point, point when I've doubted that I can do it. It's just finding different avenues, different routes and different opportunities. And I think an alpha female, you're kind of born an alpha female. I think all of us can become stronger and, and take on those qualities. But I think there's certain people that very much from you know a young age have decided that, that, that they want to lead. So that's what it that's what it means to me. Follow you or connect with you if they want to find out more. I'm very active on Instagram um, at Caroline Pierce, and really my Instagram is more about my fitness journey. Really, I'm putting regular workouts on there, inspirational yeah. photos, that kind of thing. Um, but on YouTube, you'll you'll find all my UFC videos, um, both on my channel, Caroline Pierce TV, um, and on the UFC, on the BT Sport website. So there, you know. I did an interview with Conor McGregor when we lost to Nate Diaz that went viral. It's had millions and millions of views. It was a very raw walk and talk backstage interview. Um, oh, I remember. Yeah. I saw that one. I moved to America and I had I was going to buy a mattress and the guy says, oh, you were the lady in the white dress interviewing Conor McGregor. You know, they've <laughs> just been watched everywhere. So, yeah, Instagram for all the fitness stuff and then Twitter at Caroline Pierce and YouTube for all my, all my interviews. Cool. And finally, who do you recommend from your network and then uh, maybe not from your network would be a great interview for the show. Maybe a hidden gem, gem even, or someone really, uh, really known. Who would you think would be good? A good interview. Oh gosh, US or UK? Hey, global. And link to that. Who can you hook me up with? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who would be a good person to speak to? And this is completely on a different subject to anything I've spoken about. But there's an English guy called Matthew Hussey. Okay. Um, and he's a relationship guru or expert oh. so he basically um he's he lives not in a cosmopolitan guy is he i don't know he might be but he, he has be. he has his own podcast and uh, you know podcasts and he's on all these shows out here i've spoken yeah. to the guy and i think he'd be a very good interview <laughs> who would be your ideal guest you know who you should talk to as well um one of the the strongman icelandic guy Hapthor bjornsson that was oh, thor in game of game of Game of Thrones, yeah, oh. the mountain. Oh he's a he's a good God. guy and a good character, and yeah, um, I love him. He would, yeah, very interesting. Well, very, very awesome. Um, thanks for taking the time. It's been. Um, if there's any way I can help you out of anything, let's not leave it. How, how many years has it been actually? Till we've actually spoke? It must be ten plus. Yeah, long time. Wow. Long time. Wow. But I appreciate you reaching out, and it's good to talk on your show. Cheers. Thanks. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Also head over to Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW to join a great group of men in there. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.